Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, God delivers us and he's he's our protector. I don't think we understand the depth of that either. So we don't we don't know. We have no idea how many times he's protected us that we had no idea we could have been taken out into eternity. I know I could have before I came back to the Lord. And uh, I know that he's done the same for you also. I want to tell you this past weekend, uh, sometimes I go to lunch with different people and we had the group from Save Savage that came and they all and many of them were on their bikes and uh, they said uh, you want to go over here to Eastern Star we're going to have a a group go over there so what everybody did I hear uh, was gather and then they stopped right here in front of the church and waited till everybody got together and so when they cranked the Harleys of course and the Honda, and the Honda. Don't forget the Honda, right? Okay, because somebody would get me about that. Daniel, I know you and G will. But uh, they cranked it up, and they were here. And I, I watched, and I told Cindy, I said, look at it, listen, listen to them. And here they go. And man, here they go. And I got behind them, and, and we went on, and we followed. Not too too close, but we I knew they were up ahead where we were going. And uh, I, I thought to myself, I said, thank you, Lord. Thank you. And you know, um, God does something, and many times God doesn't do exactly the way you want it. Many times He does that to keep you focused on Him, to say, God, it's as you, because we're dependent upon Him, because we get comfortable with the, the normality, and He comes, and He shakes things up, and He begins to change things. And God spoke to me down here when uh, we were having a, the Safe Savage group on uh, right during that time when they first came on and I felt like it was a prophetic word actually about that you know um, and what God does here at Lighthouse Fellowship is his business okay and who he brings here is his business and sometimes church doesn't always look the way you had it perceived to look okay we have a certain idea here of church you know and all that and God reaches out and touches people from all areas of life. And that's the church. That's the body of Christ. That's bringing people in and all. And so we ride behind the Harleys and the Hondas. And I was listening. I said, man, and when I hear this, the Harley coming up in here, because they're louder than the Hondas, is I said, that's music to my ears, okay? That's like a symphony, like we were singing the song there, (laughs) We the Kingdom. But... It is powerful to know our God is doing great things. And so I have every reason to celebrate and to give him thanks. We had about, I don't know how many gusts, Jim, about eight or nine, nine down at Delaney this past week on Wednesday afternoon. And the different ones are coming. In fact, sometimes they, some will come and then a new group will come. And we're doing teaching and, and their people are being blessed. And the presence of the Lord and what God is doing in and through that group is so powerful. And these are people that live there at the Delaney under uh, independent living, assisted living, and, and so forth. So it's just powerful what God is doing. And God is using you. He's using this church to be able to reach into the highways and byways of life. So be open. He may not do it the way that we think that he should do it, okay? Because we have an idea. But God also, he knows exactly what he's doing.
And he's always up the good thing. Remember, he's always good. He's always full of grace and mercy. And he always fulfills his promises. Amen? Thank you, Lord. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. And we give you praise. We invite you, Holy Spirit, you're here. And we're grateful for your presence. Come and reveal Jesus to the hearts of everybody here in this place. We ask you to reveal Jesus to the hearts of those meeting down here, right here on this property. Dear God, we pray as people step onto this property, they know they've stepped into the manifest presence of the Lord, the glory of God. And we ask you, Father, because of that encounter, our hearts will be changed forever. We praise you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's look at God's refining fire. We're going to look at Exodus chapter 3. If you want to stand with me, you can read it with me. You all know the story, okay? You can read it with me if you'd like. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jeth Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. And Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it didn't burn up. So Moses thought, I'll go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. And when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, here I, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you're standing is holy ground. All right, keep that in your mind. We're going to look at Hebrews chapter 12, which we read last week, because I'm going to tie the two together. See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused him who wanted them on earth, how much less will we, if we turn away from him, who warns us from heaven? And at that time his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words, once more, indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Moses, the bush burn, starts burning. Moses is on the backside of the desert. An expression is used sometimes when we feel like we're not being used by the Lord in the capacity that we think we'd like to or that maybe we should, okay? And Moses is back there for 40 years. He spent 40 years with Pharaoh. He spent 40 years on the backside of the desert tending to stinky sheep. He was going about menial tasks, okay, that we sometimes think, oh my gosh, sheep are obviously dumb animals and they stink. And we know that he was tending the sheep. But back then and today, sheep are very important. Moses was back there, okay. He had killed the Egyptian, you remember the story. And then he had fled from Pharaoh and the Israelites because even the Israelites turned against him. And so he was back there. He was put aside, but all of a sudden, the bush started on fire. That bush lit up. <clears throat> and I want you to see 
the suddenness of what happened. All of a sudden, out of the clear blue, God shows up. In fact, I believe it's what many theologians would call a theopony, which means, obviously, I think it's a Christology because I believe it was Jesus, actually, because it says the angel of the Lord. I believe it was Jesus, actually, there in that burning bush. And the bush was starting. But one thing about it, the bush obviously did not burn up, but it got Moses' attention, and he turned suddenly. He got Moses' attention. And he turned and looked at this phenomenon, this miracle that was happening. And it was really very powerfully, and it changed him. So when Moses encountered God in this manner, it changed his life. So everything that was ordinary became extraordinary. And the usual became the unusual. And the normality of life was replaced by the suddenlies of God. And how many of you know that actually many times God will do that? God will all of a sudden just show up and reveal himself in a powerful way. Have you had that happen to you? He, he has a way of doing that. You don't have to have the experience, same experience as somebody else. But many times, God will just show up out of the clear blue. Remember, you're here saved that he initiated that. He started this whole thing. And I know he prepares our hearts. And there's a moving of his spirit that goes because his spirit goes before him to to be able to give us the gift of repentance so then we can turn to Jesus and receive that salvation, okay? Because repentance takes place and it's done by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit goes ahead, begins to convict you of your sins and obviously your need of salvation that you can't save yourself and then behind it, Jesus shows up. So the suddenlies take place in our lives. I've had suddenlies take place in my life. I know you have also. And so Moses was paying attention, and all of a sudden God showed up. Okay. Now remember this also. If you're thinking, is God going to use you? He will use you if you're desiring. Remember, when you make yourself available to God, He will use you. And so many times God will sometimes wait and wait and wait So sometimes God's servants will wait until God obviously comes and and meets them where they are, and then everything takes off at that point. But remember that. Always remember that. You're not on, it may feel like you're on the backside of the desert, but the Lord God Almighty knows exactly where you are, and He wants to use everyone because He's called you and me as the body of Christ to be able to be used to go out into the highways and byways and share our faith with other people that don't have hope. Jesus is the only hope, okay? There's a song that I listen to. It is something that I uh, pray, this particular prayer is by David Leonard. And the words go like this. Light a fire that the world can't burn out. Fan the flames where nothing between us remains. Breathe again on the embers that burn in my heart. A love taking back to the start. My life is an altar to you. And then in this song, God, I'm sorry. Please forgive me when I'm so cold. Lord, I need you. How I need you to awake my soul. Okay? Start a fire. How many of you want a fire burning in your heart for Jesus? Okay? How many of you want a fire that obviously doesn't consume you in that sense and burn you up because God could do that? He's an awesome God. But what he's doing today is what I talked about some last week. He's shaking everything that's not like him 
in my life and your life. Everything, and He will shake everything before He comes back again. That's not based upon the Word of God. The Word of God lasts forever and ever. The flowers fade and, and, and so forth, but the Lord, the Word of God lasts forever, forever and ever, okay? So He's shaking everything. So what He's doing in my life and your life today because this is who he is, is he's shaking us so that not, everything that's not founded and grounded on the word of God is being shaken loose. All those things that obviously we've gravitated to, and we've held on to, he's shaken loose from you and I. He's showing us these things are not satisfying anymore. And I want you to come and set a holy fire within my innermost being. Light a fire. That the world can't burn out, right? Just like the song. Light a fire of passion for Jesus. I don't want to be just lukewarm. I want to be on fire for Jesus. And remember in Revelation chapter 3, the church at Laodicea, Jesus is saying, you know, you're lukewarm. I wish you were hot or cold. But you're lukewarm. And I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. And he said, repent, he says. And do those things I've called you to do. Come back to your first love. As he's talking there to the church at Ephesus. He's saying today, you and I need to obviously have a passion for Jesus. Do you pray that? Do you pray? And I pray, Lord, I'd be in love with you. But going deeper, sometimes I say, Lord, give me, impart to me a passion for Jesus. Passion to me depicts something really deep. Okay, A love that the world can't burn out. Because we get so entangled in everything around us. Moses needed to be set free. He had the guilt, I'm sure, and the shame. He had done those things, and he obviously didn't realize the fullness, obviously, that he was going to be deliverer of Israel. He didn't know that, but he was willing to be used. And God got his attention. I believe God's getting people's attention here today. I believe God's getting attention of the people in the church today. The body of Christ is the body of Christ, not just here, this local assembly. God is moving across the body of Christ. And so we see here in some background, Moses, he's just keeping the flock. So what has happened here, and this is encouraging, is that God requires faithfulness. Are you doing a mundane job now, and you think somehow nothing is happening around you, and yet you continue to put the pedal to the metal, you continue to do what you believe God's called you to do, and you're waiting upon the Lord, but nothing seems to be happening in spiritually, physically, or, or emotionally, and yet you're waiting, you're continuing to remain faithful. I want to encourage you today, remain faithful. You feel like you're on the backside of the desert. This is not where I believe I'm going to wind up. And I would say, no, you're not. You're certainly, God's going to move you in His time, because He's the one who promotes us. Man does not promote us. When God sees your faithfulness, God will promote you. God will give you that, okay? Praying for somebody recently, and he's moved here from Chile. A lot of things are happening there in South America today. Lots of disruption all over the world today. Could be Jesus getting ready to come back again or whatever. But they came to Houston, and uh, he has an engineering degree in Chile, okay? We were praying for him and praying for him. Nothing seemed to be happening. And he was working at a taco place, making tacos, okay? And he would make tacos from like 10 o'clock at night till 6 o'clock in the morning. And I said, people are eating tacos at that time of the night? He goes, yeah. He said, lots of people are out at that time of the night. 
And so obviously he speaks Spanish. He's learning English. He said, I don't want anybody to speak Spanish. I want to, I'm going to learn English. And he's learning English, okay? So we kept praying. And I kept saying, Lord, we know that he needs a job. We're praying and asking, release that. Let him see the breakthrough, Lord, because he has such strong faith in you and all. And so a couple of weeks ago, he talked to me and he said, you know, God just released a job for me. And it's an engineering job. An engineering job. A miracle. I knew immediately that God had given the breakthrough. He was being faithful there at the taco place stand. And he continued on. And he was diligent trying to supply for his family. And he was faithful. And all of a sudden, here comes the breakthrough. All of a sudden, bam, and the breakthrough took, took place. He told the man, he said, you know, um, I don't speak English real good, but I'm learning it and so forth. And the man said, I don't care. He said, I want you in this job. It was like God's favor was just come and just covered him, just blasting him away. God's favor touched his heart. All of a sudden, I had a clear blue. We're looking for breakthroughs in here today. I guarantee it. I guarantee you people here down in Faith Hall that they're looking for breakthroughs. You're looking for answered prayers. And God is saying, hold on, church. Hold on. I'm getting ready to get the breakthrough. I'm getting ready to obviously reveal myself in a powerful way. Because see, Jesus is the only answer. We're asking for certain things. But when you have him, you know that you have your answer and you have all you need. So Moses was faithful tending an old sheep. It looked like he was way down and God all of a sudden promoted him. Sometimes, you know, in the corporate world, people fight and scratch and bicker and, and all, types, uh, all types of things go on, shenanigans and so forth, trying to get that promotion if they would just seek the Lord and believe God for the promotion. He'll promote you in His time and His way. Moses thought that he was spiritually retired. How many of you know that re- the word retirement is not in the Bible? It's not in there. We don't retire, Okay. We keep going until we're called home, right? We don't retire. We may retire from the place that we were working and so forth and that type of thing. But as far as overall retirement, we don't retire. We're just obviously going on to a new season in life. We're all called to be ministers. And so it's not like you just got one pastor and so forth. Thank the Lord and so forth, the different callings. But we're called to do the will of God. We're called to obviously get out and you can reach more people than I can or ever could meet today because you're talking to people out in here, out into particular places that I may not go. And God is saying he wants to use you. I want to encourage you, put your spiritual antennas up, listen to what God is saying, and then begin to step out in boldness because people need to know the Lord. And you know something that triggers faith? And that is stepping out, initiating. If you feel God has put it on your heart, step out in faith and watch faith trigger a miracle when you begin to share about Jesus Christ and what Jesus has done in your life. Because people say, I can't talk about I don't know what to say, and I'm not sure if I know all the Bible. That doesn't doesn't make any difference. You can tell what Jesus has done in your life. And people are looking for that. And you begin to speak. How many times have I talked to people and I went away and I said, I don't know what I said. I have no idea what I said. But I know something happened, right? But I spoke, right? And I think, Lord, did I mess that one up? And God has always assured me, no, you didn't. You spoke because you, my faith obviously was revealed 
at that time you st- you spoke out. You may not have known all what was going on or, or all the situation and so forth, but he knew and you were faithful. And he blesses those who remain faithful. Now Moses said, I can't speak, right? Remember the story? I can't talk. There's just no way. And then Aaron, he said, well, I'll get Aaron to speak for you. And Moses is coming up with all these excuses. And God said, would you do what I tell you to do? And so remember the story. I love it because it's so powerful, the miracles of God. Moses took this motley crew of several million people. They were following the cloud by day and the fire by night, guiding them and so forth. And the Egyptians were right on their tail end. And they came up, and every time Moses, as he began to be used of the Lord, here we go, he comes up and is confronted by the Red Sea. And the Red Sea wasn't just a little bit of marsh that on the ground. It was a sea, okay? And so God is saying, you know, uh, what are we going to do now, Lord? What are we going to do now? Remember, he said, lift your staff up. Just put your staff up. Well, that seems absurd. We're looking at a major sea. It's probably raging. This looks like, Lord, what are you telling me to do? I'm going to look crazy. I'm going to look like I lost my mind, but I'm still going to do it. And he raised his staff. And what happened? The sea went back because he obeyed God. Do you know when you obey God, you'll see the miracles of God. You'll see the Red Sea split in your life and my life. If I'll just be obedient to God, if I'll just walk by faith and not by sight, if I'll believe God in his word. Remember, Moses said, I, you called me to lead these people out. They don't like me to begin with. And now we're another test. You put me up against this body of water. God said, lift your staff. What's God telling you to do today? Do you know each one of us have a staff in our hand right now? Why? Because we have the word of God. You can lift the word of God up. And watch the sea split in two to where you can walk through that circumstances that you're facing in life. In that particular thing, the, the particular thing that's gnawing at you right now, and you can lift that staff up, your word of God, and say, you said, Lord, this, that you would be with me, that you would go with me, and God will part the sea for you. But we've got to step out. We've got to hold our staff up. We've got to believe the word of God. We've got to walk by faith and not by sight. Moses was learning, and he was growing. And see, the burning bush there, Moses looked over. And what everything took place was when Moses looked over. And when you and I take, and if we're paying attention, and if this world has not sort of continued to consume our minds, and we're paying attention to what God is doing in our lives, and where he's leading us, and what he's saying to us, I want to tell you, and he shows up, and you look over, that's when things start beginning to happen. The problem is we're so busy, we don't look over. We don't suddenly look over to what's happening. And God is showing up, and God's wanting to do something in your life and my life, and we don't do it. Why? It's because we're consumed with all this other stuff. Because we think that's a priority. When Jesus is the priority, He's the only way. And so Moses suddenly looked over. Then the suddenlies, here we go. Okay. You know what? What would happen if God suddenly just really showed up and His glory came. Remember Solomon's temple? The glory of God came down. They were getting ready to dedicate the temple, which is, man, uh, really a very noble task. I mean, we're going to dedicate this to the Lord. We're consecrating it to you, Lord, setting it apart for you. And all of a sudden, the glory of God came down in the temple and it says that the priests couldn't even do their duties. You know why? Because they were on their faces before God. They were crying out to God. 
and asking God to, to continue on. And so that's what will happen. When God shows up, we'll be on our faces before God. We'll be on our faces before Lord, the Lord, worshiping Him. When God's glory falls upon you and me, it talks about the weight of His glory, the, the Word of God. So the weight, the weight, literally the weight, the heaviness of His glory will come and fall upon us. What happens in that suddenly, what will we do? We'll be on our faces crying out to God. But you know what will happen? The same thing happened to Moses. Our lives will never be the same. Because you see, Moses was going one way, and when he encountered God, he went a different way. Because at one time, it was Moses' will, and then at that, after he encountered the Lord, it was God's will. All changed. Everything changes. Whole thing changed when he encountered the Lord. We need the Lord, and we need the fire of God to fall upon us. It's a consuming fire. It consumes everything within us. It's not like Jesus. It burns those things up today. Those things that have kept us back from walking in the freedom that Jesus said, I've come to set the captive free. He wants us free. He came for that very reason. Holy ground. Take off your sandals because you're standing on holy ground. You see, worship is an inward attitude. Thanksgiving and praise is an outward proclamation, an outward voice. But worship is an inward attitude of our hearts when we come. The Bible talks about Jesus said, those who worship me must worship me in spirit and in truth. That's what we should do and what we should be doing. Obviously, God is saying he wants to fall upon this church, upon our lives, the body of Christ, you see. And you see, this flame is an inexhaustible fire. It's never ending here. And he wants to set his church on fire. He wants his spirit to blaze through every area of our lives. He wants to do that. That's our desire, his desire. And he looks to you and I, whether or not we just open our hearts and say, Lord, my one desire is that you impart that passion to my heart for Jesus, you see. That's what he's saying today. Our God is a God of fire. And he wants his people to be set ablaze with his glory. Our God is a God who reveals and acts and rests and remains within his people by way of a supernatural fire. Remember? John the Baptist. He says this. He said, uh, there's one that will be coming after me whose sandals I'm not even willing, not even uh, worthy of touching and He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Okay? Why do you say that? Because we need the fire of God. We need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. We need to be filled with Him. And whatever terminology you use or whatever, that it means to be so consumed with Him that we're actually immersed. Baptized is baptismo in the Greek. It means immersion, that we have been so immersed in His presence today that nothing else will make any difference to us. See, we've got priorities, and they're all out of whack. Everything. Got to make a living. Got to do this and that. And I'm not minimizing that and taking care of business, but I'm talking about where's our heart set? An attitude of worship should be on your heart and my heart from the moment we get up in the morning until we go to bed at night, and then we may have dreams about the Lord also. In 1985 of November, I've talked about it. Changed my life. I was over here in Pearland, and um, 
things were happening and I wasn't really initiating. I wouldn't do anything. I had to teach young people at the Baptist church over in Pearland and I needed to get into the word. So I started to get into the word because see, young people will challenge you. You start teaching them. Y'all know how young people are. So I had to know what I was talking about because they'd ask questions. I don't want to be embarrassed by not knowing the answer or not trying to at least guide the young people. And they were young people, high school age people. And I began to get into the word of God and God began to convict me and began to show me that something was happening here supernaturally, but I didn't understand it. And in November of 1985, God showed up in my home for, the, for two days straight. And God baptized me with the Holy Spirit. And I felt like my trunk of my body was on fire. I could no, way, no other way I could explain it. From the trunk of my body, from my waist all the way up, I felt like I was ablaze that actually I had been put on fire. And I believe at that particular time I was being baptized with the Holy Spirit and with fire at that time. Took to place two days when I was there at my home. What happened? Well, I was in manufacturing management at the time. Y'all know the story. I was working there in Pearland off of Highway 35. And I was doing pretty good and, and all. It wasn't the best of working conditions and so forth. But after that, everything changed. And I won't go into detail. But I eventually wound up in ministry. Things change. Because you encountered the Lord. Because I encountered the fire of God. Now, this is not something you don't want to just obviously say, we've got to duplicate somebody's experience because your experience and my experience may be completely different. But I want to tell you today, if you're asking for God's fire to fall in your life, then God will do something supernatural and He'll change your heart. And you may continue on in the job that you're doing, whatever, but you're going to do it in a different way because you're going to see people differently. You're going to see your circumstances differently. You're going to see how you do church differently. Everything will change. That's what happened in Moses' life. And it happens in everybody's life who's encountered the fire and the Holy Spirit of God. Things begin to happen. The question, are we ready? Do we want that? Remember, there are many examples. I won't go into them all, but there are many examples. But God will change us with His fire here. And He will make us more Christ-like. He's getting the church ready because He's got a bride. We are the bride of Christ. And He's preparing us. And a bride without spot, wrinkle, or blemish today. And I said, Lord, how can that happen? Because I know i got a lot of blemishes, a lot of wrinkles and spots and so forth today. And I want to tell you, God has begun changing your heart today. How does He do it? It's supernatural. It's His work. Now, yes, we partner with Him. But ultimately, it's Him because He gets all the glory. He gets all the glory for salvation. Everything in our lives today. But here's a couple things I want to, we'll, we'll go through this quickly. First of all, what does fire do? Fire consumes. It consumes, doesn't it? You know, um, had a fire on Maui here recently. And we need to continue to pray for those residents there because that was terrible. A lot of people lost their lives and a lot of property, a lot of things came up. And, you know, one's pointing a finger at the other. And that's obviously pray for them. But we need to pray for them. But I watched something on the video that was taking place, and that was the fire and how it raged through those homes. A lot of the homes probably were just wood frame type of homes, been there for a long time, many, many years. And that fire just came through and consumed everything. Very, very destructive. I thought, Lord, your fire that obviously will burn off everything, not in that same sense, and I'm not trying to make a, uh, an analogy here at all, but that fire of God will take and purify you. It will purify you. 
you got things you're dealing with, the fire of God will purify you and get rid of those things in your life because fire consumes. And when He comes, He wants your life and mind to be like a flame of fire where obviously all we can do and say represents Him. Everything, He says. So are you burning brightly for Jesus today? Is your fire the fire of Jesus in your heart today? Do you need to come back to your first love? Do you need to repent? Do you just call on His name? God is saying He's waiting. He says if you're consumed, you'll be committed to all of God, doing all of God's work in the church today. If you're consumed there, and whatever you're doing, the family or interests of life, obviously they'll be second compared to seeking first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all other things will be added unto you. If you're consumed, you won't be satisfied not growing in Him. You'll be a man or woman seeking to be in His presence at all times because in His presence, we are changed. If you're consumed, you'll seize every opportunity you get to share your faith with the lost. If you're consumed, something else has come in. And obviously, that's the issue. But another thing fire does is fire refines. Malachi chapter 3. You know, he takes that metal and he puts it in the pot and he boils it there. And what does come, what comes to the top? The dross. The impurities are burned off. And, and the blacksmith or whoever, the silversmith, takes and skims that dross off to where it's continued, it's pure, and he can see his reflection there in the silver or the particular metal he's doing. Now, what we want, and they'd be purified to such an extent that we can see, obviously, the reflection. People can see the reflection of Jesus in our lives. They can see Jesus in, in you and me. I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but it's Christ who lives within me. The life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and who gave Himself for me. God is saying that's what He wants for you and want. Let me tell you, God will not leave you like you are. How many of you know that? God won't leave you the way you are. He's pursuing you. You know, uh, <clears throat> there's with all due respect, He's called the hound of heaven. A hound of heaven. Someone gave him that title years and years and years ago with all due respect. He's God. But he, you're not an old hound dog. He'll keep pulling at your pants leg, pants leg and shaking and you'll kick him off and you'll keep on going and he'll come back. He continues to come back and the, he loves you, just loves you and he comes after you and he pursues you. God does that. We have that picture there. But he does that as God Almighty. He won't leave you the way you are. He'll chase after us until we change. He wants our attitudes and our weaknesses, any hidden sins, any disillusionments that hold us back, any fear or condemnation. He wants it to all go through the furnace of His presence so that all the dross that's in our hearts may come to the surface for one reason and one reason alone. And that's so the reflection of Christ may be seen in everything we are and everything that we do. One reason, everything. Not the reflection of the world and not the reflection of self, but the reflection of Jesus. The third thing is fire brings light. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. He lives within you and I. I remember some years ago, I was going into some uh, families of hospice and I said, Lord, I know there's darkness in here and they need to see you. And I know you're in my life. Would you shine your light in and through my life? It's not my life. It's the life of Jesus within me. His light shines through us. And I said, would you shine in this darkness, in this place that I'm going into? And I went in and began to minister to the people there in that home. And and the people later on said, we just like, things just lit up. Things just got 
I mean, the darkness seemed like the depression, the things that were there just began to leave because the light of Christ came into that dark situation. And I went, whoa. We don't realize today the reason why Jesus, obviously, we know, uh, why doesn't God go ahead and zap the world? Because obviously we see things happening and it's not going in the right direction. How come God just doesn't come and just say, this is it, I'm done, because he wishes none to perish, but all to come to everlasting life. He waits and waits and waits because one more person may come to Jesus in a service today. It may be you. It may be somebody in Save Savage that gives their heart to Jesus Christ today, and they never have done that before. They just said, hey, Lord, I receive you, because see, grace is free. We just listened to a message there that uh, Nancy brought by a pastor, He's talking about it. Salvation free. Why doesn't everybody want it? It's because they believe they can save themselves. Because of pride. I'll call you Jesus when I need you. When all things are dire. No, you want to take He gives us life, breath, and everything else. And we need him for every breath today. The only reason I'm standing here before you is because of Jesus Christ. The only reason I'm breathing today is because of Jesus Christ. He's the only reason. See, he brings light. You see, Malachi talks about it. He comes as a refining fire. He's refining us, getting us ready. He's getting us ready for something big, because he wants his church, you and me, to be a church on fire, so that we can see the light that shines into the dark regions of this community. I believe that with all my heart. I want to share with you something that I I skipped over here. If I can find. This is something that's always stopped, uh, set with me. And that is, if you remember John Wesley, back in the uh, 1700s, he was sharing. He was an itinerant pastor. And he rode his horse from place to place sharing the gospel. He rode his horse, I forget how many thousands of miles this pastor rose, rode his horse. And he went from place to place sharing about the gospel. He had had an encounter with the Lord because he was in dire straits and God saved him, marvelously saved him. And if he saved you, he saved me marvelously also. And I can use that word very freely, marvelously saved me. And so John, obviously many believe uh, flew out of the uh, particular, out of his ministry and that is the Methodist church, which uh, again, has gone in different directions today. But it started out as a movement of holiness. It was a movement of holiness. God said, be ye holy because I am holy. How does that happen? Positionally, we are holy when we accept Christ. But it is participating with Him along the way to obviously believe. And if God shows us something and puts His finger on something, then we obviously say, Lord, give me the grace to turn loose of that. Whatever it may be, come and do what you want to do. But John Wesley said this, listen to what he said. When the fire of God touches your life, people will come and see you burn. <laughs> people will come and see you burn. You know what will draw people to this church? It will be because this church is on fire. Not literally, but spiritually. It will be because your life and my life is burning down deep. And that light is going 
forth from this area and beyond, not just in the immediate vicinity of League City, but all over the world, all around the world today. Because you see, that fire is the fire of Jesus. All of it's about Him. And I mentioned to begin with, a whole lot of shaking going on. And God is going to shake everything in every institution, the government, banks, lives, the church, everything that can be shaken will be shaken until everything comes to that place, it won't be shaken. It's because we're grounded upon Jesus Christ and His Word. The fire, the fire that He's releasing today is something don't refuse. Remember right at the beginning of that this Scripture in verse 12? Don't refuse Him. Don't turn away. God wants the very best for us. He knows how to do it. He perfectly knows how to deal in your life and my life. Don't be ashamed. Be bold. But go forth in humility. But also, remember, there's a work that God is doing in your life and my life. He's not finished with us yet. And He wants us to know, right? He wants us to know. Begins with thanksgiving. So we can thank Him. So how are we going to thank Him in this situation? Lord, thank You for what You're doing in my life. Thank You for what You're doing in this church. Thank You, Lord, today for what You're doing in my family. Thank You, Lord, for what You're doing here on 3rd Street. Thank You, Lord, for what You're doing right now down in Save Savage, right? Thank You, Lord, what You're doing over here at Clear Creek Community. Thank You, Lord, for what You're doing uh, at all the other churches in the area and around this world today as they glorify Your Son, Jesus Christ. It would be glorious, folks, because God is saying to you and me that obviously that something... We want Jesus, amen? We want Jesus more than anything else in this world. We don't want anything else. We don't want the world. God says, if you love the world, then, then obviously I don't love you. You've got to come out of the world, be ye separate, consecrated for Him and Him alone. We are here to live for Jesus, amen? We're not here to live for ourselves. Self continues to try to get right there in the forefront of our hearts and climb up there on that altar of our hearts. That's what self does. It crawls right back up and gets back up there. And we need to obviously crucify the flesh, Deny that and walk in the Spirit every day. God is saying today, you want the fire? Ask Him. Let's pray together. Father, thank You for Your presence, Your love, Your goodness. Dear God, what an awesome, awesome God You are. There's no one like You. Lord, I ask You today, light a fire that the world can't burn out, Lord. Fan the flame that nothing between us remains, dear God. And I ask you today, Father, to ignite the embers of our hearts. If we're barely smoldering wicks, you said you won't put out a smoldering wick and you won't crush a bruised reed. But you said, Lord, you would ignite a fire, a passion for Jesus. And that's what we desire today. So, Lord, ever how that works, we ask you to do it. Let your fire fall. We ask you, Lord, today to fill us with your spirit. 
We ask you, Father, today, fill us until we're overflowing. We pray, Lord, we be used in your kingdom and we would be able to speak the word with boldness and truth and love. And dear God, today, we're going to see miracles because we're going to give you thanks. And we believe, Lord, as we thank you and praise you that you show up. And dear God, today, we know when you show up, lives are changed. We pray your blessing. Bless the food. Also, in the time when we gather with Save Savage here in a minute, bless their service here as it goes on, Lord. Bless the word of God and bless the people that are attending. We pray. We'll give you the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes. Yeah. I don't really need the mic unless it's recording, is it? Okay. All right. Well, I just want to say, man, the Lord's been over here just, oh, man, I've got to keep quiet because I get a little, whoo. <laughs> this whole entire service has been I've just been sitting here trying to just contain it you know one of the fruits of the spirit self control <laughs> but I just want to let everybody know one of the things that I am completely grateful for and thankful for is this church and for y'all having the doors open and just there's times where I feel like me and Jim sat in a room and got our notes ready for the Sunday services. And that's how you know that's the spirit of the Lord, right? Because the service that I'll be bringing later is going to be walking by faith and not by sight. But the reason that I wanted to, the Lord has been like, you got it on your heart. You just got to get it out. Right. If we really can't grasp what he's saying, I just want to let this be known. Everything that you said today was touching me in such a way from words that the Lord has been giving me for a year over five years about being like Moses talking and I've always been well God who am I why are you gonna send me Lord who am I like I'm well who, didn't I make the deaf and the blind didn't I make these people who are you to question me right and so last week whenever I left and I was on the ride home uh the Lord really started speaking to me because I've been waiting I've been waiting and shepherding the sheep in the desert <laughs> and I've been waiting for God to say today's the day to go and so last uh, Sunday on the ride home the Lord told me that it was time to go to do the work that he has called me to do and it involves not being on a horse but on an iron horse <laughs> <laughs> and I will be having to go out and I will be walking strictly by faith and not by sight I'm I've sacrificed pretty much everything I have for the work of the Lord and for the work of the ministry. And this is something I don't have nothing on that I'm taking with me other than what fits in my saddlebags. And so I just want to let everybody know this is probably going to be my last Sunday that I'm going to be here for quite a while. And uh, I just ask that y'all keep me lifted in y'all's prayers. Uh, and it's a pleasure getting to meet every single one of y'all. Y'all will definitely be in my prayers, but I just want y'all to know today is the day that we must rise up and we got to go do what the Lord has called us to do. And every one of us has a different calling. Nobody's more important than the next. Nobody's less than the next. But you have a purpose that God has called you for. And all you got to do is just trust them. Don't trust in what you can see. When you look in the mirror, don't be fooled by what you see, because we should be seeing Christ when we look into the mirror. Amen. Thank God he don't see the wrinkles and all that, right? Because he sees the soul and the soul is eternal and it goes to one of two places whenever we go. Amen. 
So let's just get it right with Christ. Y'all just keep me lifted up. And so I wanted to come up here and ask for that prayer that he's praying for, that fullness of the Holy Ghost and just a blessing to go. Amen. 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 Thank you, Galen. Lord, we thank you for our brother. And thank you, Lord, today, his presence and, and the difference he has made in all of our lives and the life of this church, the life of Safe Savage. Father, we ask you to cover him and bless him and fill him and use him as you send him forth. We believe, Lord, today that you send us forth. It comes as you speak to our hearts. And Lord, we know that Galen has, has heard the word of the Lord and heard you speak personally and intimately and ask you, Lord, today to do the work in and through him. As he goes, Lord, we pray your protection, your provision, your care, your watch care, dear God, today. But we pray, Father, for clarity of his mind and his heart that he would hear the voice of God speak. And dear God, today he would move out and give you praise. Father, even now you're preparing people's hearts to receive what your son, Galen, has spoken, Lord. You've spoken in and through him. And we ask you to prepare their hearts, make the way, give grace. And dear God, today we pray for miracles, and your power to be released in and through your servant. And dear God, today, we expect good, great, and mighty things to happen. Thank you, Lord, for him. Thank you for his friendship, dear God. Thank you that he's our brother. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen, brother. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, Lord. All right. We're going to bless the food. Thank you. Thank you, Brother G. Lord, bless the food here. I know they'll probably pray it again, but bless the food. And, and also as we gather together, as people come together.